What up, Tay Schoolers? Today on Tay Schooler Fitness Fitness Corner Podcast, we have a very special guest, Mr. Dominique Bazil. He is a musician extraordinaire. Um, he goes by TikTok uh, on, on Instagram and all your social media platforms. The brother is amazing, has collabed with some amazing artists. If you're not checking them out, then you're definitely sleeping. So we want to make sure that we welcome Mr. Dominique to the show today. How you doing today, my brother? I'm good. How are you, Tate? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, um, I definitely want to start because if people don't know, they should definitely be following you. Um, you was definitely a bright spot for me during the last, I don't know, year or so. I think I discovered you late. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I discovered you kind of later in the year. And I was just like, yo, he's dope. Then I found out you was dope. The homie page brother and i was like oh well that's really <laughs> dope as well because i had no idea it's amazing how you go through life you know people but you don't really know people you get what i'm saying you don't know the siblings and what's really going on but um right. definitely man you 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 are very talented sir <laughs> just start now <laughs> you know try to use what i got you know? yeah man you and you have a lot let's just say that so can, can we just start with where did the love of music come from? Oh man, that uh, that stemmed from a household filled with uh, siblings that played music, music uh, instruments, and in school band. Also, um, riding in the car with mom, listening to Eagle Light Rock, whatever you know, yacht rock, all of that type of stuff. Uh, and then a father who. Uh, listen exclusively to WWOZ, which is the jazz station in New Orleans. Mm. Um, so, you know, listening to John Coltrane to, you know, Steely Dan, and mm. then, you know, siblings playing uh, in school bands and that sort of thing. So I started in third grade uh, playing saxophone, which was influenced by my older brother, Craig. Mm. He plays saxophone, you know. Third grade was kind of like the... The, the year, you know, everybody, the parents asked you, what instrument do you want to play? Uh, and so I didn't really know. So I just picked saxophone because my older, older brother plays saxophone. Mm-hmm. And there it was. Yeah. You know, it, it was actually good timing because he was uh, graduating from high school. And so it kind of passed down to me. So it's kind of a hand-me-down type of thing. So I, I don't know if maybe my parents influenced it that way. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah, and and, I, and I'm sorry. I skated over the fact that you are from New Orleans, um, one of my favorite cities, uh, and it's so much musical history, just history in itself in New Orleans. Uh, last time my wife and I visited, I think it was the beginning of 2020, and this time we really just soaked up the history, and it's it's amazing how much music has played a part in just not New Orleans, but in this country's history, in the world history. So I, I, I had a, I guess I pictured everyone growing up down there playing an instrument, you know, because it's just, it, it's so much music. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's, it's a big part of the culture. Um, I mean, and not everybody plays an instrument or sings, or, or, but they, you know, everybody participates, you know. It's a kind of a communal thing. So either you're playing an instrument or you're enjoying it, you're clapping, you're dancing along or what have you. I mean, it's very much a big part of the culture in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, in a beautiful culture, beautiful people. 
Uh, like I said, I really do love New Orleans. Uh, it, it, the energy is just, it's just different. It's really it different. Is. Yeah. We are, we always say New Orleans is kind of its own thing. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so much different from the rest of Louisiana, to be honest. And mm-hmm. of course, from the rest of the country, you know, it's, it's, it really is its own thing. Yeah, definitely. Yes. So how, how many instruments do you play? Um, I don't count so much. <laughs> I, I play, I like to, you know, try to pick up anything, honestly, and try to play it and try to make some type of noise on it. One thing that's, that I notoriously claim that I do not play is the harmonica. I mean, I can make noise on it, but that's what it's going to be. It's going to be some noise. It's not <laughs> going to be anything musical. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I play guitar, bass, keys, saxophone, of course, clarinet, flute, um, uh, I have other little instruments around my studio that I play mm-hmm. uh, and pick up. Talk box is my favorite new toy. Actually, the Ewe is, which is an electronic wind instrument, is my favorite new toy. Uh, followed by the Talk box, which is of course made famous by Roger Troutman of Zap and Roger. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun to play or whatever. Um, but yeah, so pretty much anything I can get my hands on. That's beautiful, man. And and it's it's kind of so it's. Pretty much for you, not saying because it takes practice, it takes repetition for anything to become good or great at it. But was it kind of just like second nature just to pick these things up? And it's just like a, a energy that you have towards these instruments. Um, honestly, yeah, it's kind of like that. But honestly, for me personally, since I'm my dad used to always say, I'll overthink. I overthink the stuff. So I'm kind of cerebral in that way. So I'll take what I know on one thing. And then, you know, if I can make a sound on something else, then I'll apply what I know from one instrument to the other. And I was like, well, if this worked there, then let me try it over here. It's like, oh, okay, that works. And I just kind of figure stuff out. And that's kind of the way I go about it. And then I'll add kind of that human feeling element to it. You know, after I get my, my bearings, on a particular instrument and that's pretty much how I learned instruments, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and in that process of learning, uh, the different instruments, like I want to, I'm going to have to ask, like, do you write music? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a bachelor of arts in, um, music composition. Mm-hmm. So I can write orchestra. I can write for a, a jazz band can write, uh, I arrange for more houses, uh, marching band, um, so yeah, that's, that's what my degree is in, uh, music composition. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. say, and, and say that school again, uh, Morehouse college. Okay. All right. That was a Morehouse man. Don't yeah. ju- don't just skip over that. Oh yeah. For Morehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Morehouse man. Say it, say it. That's right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> very dope, man. So, uh, composing and, and where does it, cause you hear a lot about people who write. Um, the process of writing and every, of course, everybody's different. What is your, could you explain your process of, of composing something? All right. So I'm, I'm probably what you call a lazy composer. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely know notation and write stuff out. I can hear it in my head, peg it out on the piano and write it. I'm not one of those composers that, that, um, that can play by ear or, or notate by ear. I mean, I have good relative pitch, but not perfect pitch. Uh, so some composers, they can just hear it and they write it out, you know. 
I, I need a piano in front of me to do that. And so for me, that process is kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more of a composer. I like to, like, if I'm doing something orchestral, I use what's called um, sound libraries um, on my computer, and I'll just program them or play them in uh, in an expressive type of way to get what I, I want, because I, I want that instant gratification mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. And honestly, the way the industry works in terms of, of uh, scoring, mock-ups, doing orchestral music or, or any type of music, uh, they need it so fast that, you know, you have to use your tools and use the technology to be able to, you know, spit out um, compositions, music, whatever it is, uh, at a fast rate, you know, and deliver product, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, everything is about pace and about deadlines and more production, even with something as beautiful as music, unfortunately. Um, and and I, music definitely is a... It, it pains me tremendously that they're ripping music programs out of schools because, yeah, you know, people who play instruments like yourself or a composer or whatever, when you dealing with music, the mind works in a totally different way. And for that to be taken out of the schools is just kind of heartbreaking because music gets you indoors. It gets you in places that other things won't get you in. And that leads to my next question. Like what has been some of your, um, your highlights with, with what you do as being a musician? Like what has been some of your highlights? Who are some of the people you have worked with or companies or what have you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, highlights, I mean, the ultimate highlight for me is just enjoying music, mm, you know, mm. uh, and being being able to create something from nothing, something that no one's ever heard before. It may be influenced by it, but you've never heard this before, and it came from nothing, mm. you know? So, I mean, that's honestly the, uh, the thing that kind of pushes me and keeps me going on a day-to-day basis. Now, along the way, you know, there's been opportunities, um, trips. I've, I've done uh, tours in Europe with the uh, United States Collegiate Wind Band. I was in high school. That was like one of my first big highlights. Um, of course, all the little specialty, like all county, all state type bands uh, in high school. And then beyond that, um, traveling again to Europe, you know, with Morehouse's Jazz Ensemble. Um meeting different luminaries in the music industry. I've met Quincy Jones. He mm. signed his autobiography for me, uh, which sits on my console uh, as inspiration. He's like one of my biggest inspirations for being a composer slash producer. Um, and then also uh, getting set up in positions to, to produce and engineer for major label artists which led into uh, producing for major artists like Ludacris, as well as Juvenile, um, and then basically breaking out into you know the production world um, of, of music and whatnot. And then also, and, and that led to you know playing some music on television shows like Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, uh, Hammer Time, which was a show that was on VH1, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's some other shows that I've gotten music placed in. Um, there's commercials all around the world my music gets placed in and I don't a lot of that music I don't see until I get a statement months later I was like oh I had music playing on a TV show in Germany you know Mm. or whatever Um, and then I mean it's just 
it's 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 a bunch of little things as well but you know at, at the end of the day it's the enjoyment of of making something from nothing and then seeing other people enjoy it which is like kind of a, a big thing for me with TikTok. you know um uh, there's anxiety when I, I post like i do covers you know because i want people to enjoy it and participate in it and TikTok mm-hmm. kind of allows that and then i do original music that i put out as well and all of that you know um has a certain level of anxiety, you know, when I post it, because I'm like, oh, will this be acceptable? Will this be the one that flops? Yeah. You know, uh, but to see people enjoy it and participate in duets and that sort of thing is, is really fulfilling, actually. Yeah. Uh, on a personal level, you know, I don't necessarily get uh, money from it or what have you. I mean, I, I am a creator and they do pay you based upon views and that sort of thing, but it's, it's peanuts, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but, you know, it does also present um, an opportunity for marketing my skill set, you know. So, you know, that's kind of the, the biggest or the second biggest uh, uh, benefit of doing that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's been a, a bunch of little uh, highlights here and there. And then, of course, just the enjoyment of, of music itself and creating something for nothing. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, like I said, your, your talent is definitely... I, I forgot which one was the first one that I actually saw that you cover, and I was like, "Whoa!" And then I think someone someone was on that singing. I was like, "Okay, that's even better." That's you know, like that's yeah, like that's almost better than the original. Like that's to to me, all it is. I know social media is not just all candy land and all sweet and all great, but you see certain certain things. There's certain moments that you will catch on there and you be like, that's good. That's going to bring people together. And music yeah. brings people together. And that's what I feel. Now, you tell, of course, you tell me better than, you know better than I, but that's what I feel like what you do with, what you do on TikTok is like, okay, I'm going to put it out there. I know you're going to love it because I know it's good. And then somebody's going to come and sing over it. And that's going to... Yeah. It's gonna make it. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so it's like okay, here we go. Um, this is gonna be good, and it, it's and it's great. It's great. It's great to watch. It's great material. Um, to even hear, you know, just amateurs, and sometimes you don't have amateurs. So, yeah. I'm going to ask who has been your biggest star that had actually did a duet with you. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Coco actually did Coco from SWB. Yes. Which who fan of, you know, so I, I fanned out, you know, I geeked <laughs> out on that. Uh, she did a duet um, based off of a remake of, uh, what beat was that? The, um, it's the little Kim Crush on you beat up. I yeah. Mean, they, they, they actually used that track on one of their albums so she kind of sang her song over that track so that was like that was like wow uh and of course you know her doing that kind of you know exposed me to other people her fan base basically yeah um, and appeared on multiple platforms so that brought me some some kind of notoriety i guess and some some new viewership and new follows or what have you so that was big and that actually helped um, establish a little uh, relationship with her, uh, kind of opening the doors, you know, to working with her uh, mm-hmm. on a professional level. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, a- absolutely. And how 
Could you discuss how did that happen? Did she reach out to you or how did that even happen? Yeah, I mean, so on TikTok, it's, it's you know, that sort of thing is totally organic. Um, it, it just kind of happens. Uh, she saw it from another TikToker named Arlisha who uh, used to do duets with me. Uh, I mean, she still does, uh, but she kind of she kind of grew on her TikTok. Um, and so Coco saw her doing the duet of me and decided, hey, let me do a duet as well. And I don't know if there was some conversation between her and Arlisha in terms of like, hey, yeah, this is my, you know, TikTok bro or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, he's cool and super talented or whatever. Or if Coco just, you know, decided to do it of her own volition. But, you know, that's kind of how it happened. So it wasn't, you know, her reaching out to me or me reaching out to her or anything mm-hmm. like that. It just kind of happened. You know, one day I'm like, Coco liked your post. I'm like, what? And then Coco <laughs> did a duet with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? And I'm like running around the house and, and screen capping and showing everybody like, Coco just did that. <laughs> uh, so I was super geeked out about that. Um so yeah, it's, it's a dope experience, um, and, you know. And I, 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 I'm kind of trying to, and I say trying, but um, trying to emulate that in other types of ways to establish more relationships with um, major label artists or even independent artists, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm using that TikTok duet platform in that way, basically. Yeah. For advertising. Absolutely. I mean, I think we all are using social media to advance as something more uh, concrete, something more um, just yeah. on a regular basis than just doing the stuff. Because that, I think that's why everybody creates. Definitely, that's just a vessel um, to get where you actually need to go. But that's that's really dope. Because when I saw it, I said, "Hold up, is that Coco?" <laughs> it's like, it's like that. I told my wife, I was like, "Yo." Th- TikTok, he went Coco because she she loves as we love SWV. So it's just like, whoa, hold on, yeah, that's a whole another level right there. So that's major, man. Um, yeah, I really appreciate both of y'all for blessing us with that one. That one oh, is yeah. definitely dope. Um, I, I and since you 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 say you you do the covers, like what goes in the process? Of you saying this is the cover I'm going to do? How do you pick them? pick them um of course um i think of a song that might be easy for people to sing um and that most people may know um and then also a song that kind of resonates with me Mm -hmm. you know a song that i like so it's um and then of course once you start doing content on social media and or doing a thing like what i do with the covers people request they they ask you to do certain things. So some of that is that, like, for instance, I recently did uh, Sam Cook Change Gonna Come. That was a request. And, um, I mean, to me, I mean, doing those duets are kind of, um, like, for instance, Luther Vandross. Big fan of Luther Vandross as both the artist, singer, uh, songwriter, and producer. So I wanted to do Luther Vandross because um, doing those duets, doing those covers is kind of a way for me to get inside his mind, you know, and figure out what was he thinking? How is this song constructed? So me as a composer and producer, this is my analysis. Mm. You know, this is my study. This is my homework. 
you know, to get to figure out, okay, what went into this production. Um, and so I try to emulate it and, and make it sound like the record, but also put my spin on it as well. Um, well, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I just want to want it to sound like the record because I don't want to throw people off. Um, but actually, that was probably that's probably my biggest cover on TikTok. I didn't know that song resonated so much um, with people, mm-hmm. you know. And that's like that's everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably one of my biggest covers. Um, but yeah, that that's and part of it is also if I know the song already, mm-hmm. you know. So I know. Yeah. Um, that kind of, kind of makes it easy in terms of the production and, and, and that sort of thing. But again, it's, it's homework for me. It's like analysis of this person as a producer or whoever produced the record and that sort of thing. So, you know, and then after that, it's, it's like, okay, well, I want to cater to, to females and I want to cater to males. So let me do a, a male one week, female another week, mm-hmm. that sort of but that kind of plays into it. So it's all, all of those things kind of yeah. play into what I actually do. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I do that. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and what was that song that you did of Luther's? Uh, Never Too Much. Never Too Much. I kind of yeah. figured, but I won't. <laughs> yes, that is a banger. Um, I was listening to Luther the other day. His birthday just passed. Uh, rest in power. Yeah. Um, definitely. It, it, it's amazing to me at this stage that you have all this music and all this new genre and all this stuff. But the thing is that you and I grew up on, it still mm. hits the heart of the youth today. That's when you know that is yeah. great music, you know, like that's great music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it definitely resonates with the young because uh, when I look at the comments, you know, and I say, oh, my mom used to play this song. And my dad used to play this song. Mm-hmm. And so they know it. And then they want to sing it. Yeah. You know, so put the lyrics on there and everything so that they can sing along with it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you you definitely see how it permeates to the younger generation or what have you. And, and that's kind of what I, I've been striving to do in my original music is like kind of touch on some of the feels of the old school and, and, and put it in a modern context, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I see it when I post some of my originals. You, you can hear them say, hey, this sounds like, you know, Zach and Roger would have been on it or Luther Vandross and so-and-so and so-and-so. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I it came from the inspiration of those artists and, and the music of that era, you know, so absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I know uh, also you do, you mentioned earlier, you do original music and you do beats um, because sometimes you put up some beats and I'm like, mm, yeah, I wonder who gonna get on that because it's a lot of rappers can't even get on some of the beats you make. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, they don't have yeah, the skills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the other good thing about TikTok for me um, is, is it's kind of been a validation because I was... <laughs> You know, a, a lot of people will say, you know, my beats are like too musical, you know, They're like, oh, it's too much music. It's too much going on. And, you know, I hear it. I hear a vision in my head for an artist. And, you know, I hear the way they could fit in into that landscape or that soundscape. Um, but they don't necessarily hear it or what have you. But just posting the original music and, you know, being able to post stuff that really kind of uh, touches at heartstrings, 
that kind of brings out an emotion because, you know, I'll prompt them like, hey, what do you feel on this? Or who do you hear on this? And that sort of thing, just trying to get them to engage. And absolutely, they engage, you know, they'll say, oh, man, yeah, this this reminds me of a story or da 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 And, you know, rappers will rap their story to the to the beat or what have you. And that's just kind of validation to me that, hey, my, my music is valid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can touch people, you know, in a certain type of way and, and bring something out of them. You know, so it's, you know, it's like, don't abandon, you know, being musical, you know, for the sake of people saying, oh, it's too musical or, uh, or opinions of an A&R or this, that and the other, because it's actually touching people. It's mm-hmm. impacting. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And, it, and history has definitely taught us that the individuals that supposed to the gatekeepers don't really know what the people really want. <laughs> you know, like it's been proven time and time again, like, yeah, this is not going to work or this person's career is done or whatever, whatever. And then it's like, no, the people not done. Prime example was Timberland. I remember Timberland saying in the interview a couple of years ago, he was, I don't know if he named a record company. He was, he had some beats he went to, went to the company with. And it was like, nobody want to hear that. You done. And I'm thinking like, Bro, this Timberland, bro. Like, how you tell Timberland? He created a whole sound. Him and Missy Elliott created. Like, how you tell them him? People don't want to hear him. Like, that's that blows my mind. You know. So you keep doing what you're doing because the so-called gatekeepers don't know what they're talking about. They they never have because they're not the culture. Most of them not even the culture. If we're gonna be honest, like you can't judge a culture that you're not even part of. Like that makes zero sense, you know, like, no, no, no. You don't tell me what they want to hear. You're not even the culture. So no, nah, I, I think again, and I'm not just saying this because you're here in front of me and we on this, on this, on this podcast, your talent is definitely amazing. That what caught my eye because I, I was looking at something else. I think it was like the discovery tab on Instagram. And that's when I saw you. And like I said, I was like, didn't even know the the connection yet, but I was like, "Yo, this is dope. Who is this guy?" <laughs> you know, and that's wow. what it started. Wow. You know, that's what it started because I was looking for another. I was looking for a DJ, and um, yeah, you popped up. Maybe it was just the music. I don't know. I don't know how how it works, but you <laughs> came across, and I was just like, "Yo, this is dope." Now he's not a DJ, but. He's a musician and he's talented as I don't know what. I um I we was discussing earlier because you know I'm I'm still learning all this equipment and stuff and I huh? guess it's called and I'm so old school and I'm about to age myself, but I don't know the digital light up, is it a beat machine that you you use? Uh did I see you using a beat machine with the light up squares? Like what what is that called? Uh uh yeah, in a generic term, it's a MIDI controller. Okay. So basically, it's, it's uh, so, you know, old school, they had drum machines. Mm-hmm. There so, you go. You know, you had 808s, which is an actual drum machine. We refer to 808s as the boom you mm-hmm. know, under the rap beat, right? But it's an actual machine that has a kick, snare, hi-hat, toms, and crash cymbals, and all of these types of things. And it was one of the earliest machines that was used to uh, emulate a drummer in the studio, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of hiring a drummer, I mean, it put out a, it put a lot of drummers out of work in the eighties. Yeah, because 
the seventies it was it was live drumming, and then you know when when producers and artists found out um, they could just you know program a drum machine and don't have to worry about a drummer because you know they wanted to to work on their own. They don't have, want to have to book a session and get all these musicians in. You know, sometimes you just get in the zone and you just want to work, you know, by yourself. Yeah. You know, so you pull out a drum machine and you program a beat, then you start putting some guitars or synths on it or what have you, and you have a halfway song right there. And then you call in the musicians, you know? Yeah. So you pretty much set it up. So anyway, uh, so then it, it went to the MPCs, which was, you know, one of the earlier... Uh, SP-1200 and then an MPC uh, with the earliest beat machines and drum machines is all-in-one production. There's a, a music production center or whatever is what they call the MPC. Uh, you could make an entire song just on an MPC. You load in your sounds. Uh, it played samples back. Um, you could sequence those sounds. So sequencing is basically ordering or basically writing out the composition or creating the beat is sequencing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that was the early parts of, of hip hop and creating beats and whatnot. And so it transitioned to computer music in the 90s, where now you have, uh, you can create music on computers, uh, you can load in your samples and record directly to computers instead of to tape. And so with that came MIDI controllers. So you load your sounds into the computer and just use this MIDI controller to control the sounds and sequence your beat on the computer. Mm. So it's basically giving you a tactile way of sequencing on a computer, basically. Mm. Uh, but emulate more like a workflow of an MPC or those earlier drum machines. Sorry, long story. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no you get That's all we hear. That's all we hear, because I, I want to definitely know the history, because you hear... Of course, when the 808s came in, I mean, I mean, outcast. Like, like you heard so much, and you was like, "Wow, what Dungeon Family? What is the 808?" But you, I never, like most people, probably never even looked into it. You just heard it, you know. Kanye talking about the 808, like you just heard it. But did you really look into? Yeah. So I appreciate the, the I appreciate the history because <laughs> we need to we need to know what we listening to, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so. Because uh, there's so many instruments, I, I, it's crazy to say. Well, what's your favorite instrument right now? Well, well, no, well, well, no, because you told no, you told me, you told me the electronic. Um, can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, earlier, uh, the ewe, the ewe, the ewe is. Instrument, yeah. So the ewe, like, where would we hear? Where would you put the ewe in, like, into a song? Like, what, what did it even sound like? Uh, ewe uh, is basically uh, a synthesizer um, that uses breath control. So, so like you would blow into a trumpet or a saxophone, and the harder you blow, the louder it is, and the softer you blow. The, the softer it is. Mm -hmm. And so you can get real expressive with that. So the Ewe is the electronic version of that, basically, an electronic clarinet or saxophone, if you will. Um, you blow actual breath in there, and it, it can tell, it can sense how loud or how hard you're blowing, and uh, the synth will respond in that way. So it, you can be, like, super expressive with it. Uh, where would you have heard it? Um, you probably heard it, didn't know you were listening to it. I'm trying to, I can't think of any particular song that I know uses the Iwi. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of jazz that have used it because it was, uh, it was innovative for that genre. Mm -hmm. Um, 
uh, uh, folks like Michael Brecker um, have used it. There's tons of other artists mm-hmm. that have used it. Um, but it sounds like it sounds like somebody somebody who would play a keyboard synth. Mm-hmm. But it's a little more expressive than that. You would probably want to look it up on YouTube. E W I E W would let you know what it looks like. It looks like a metal, just kind of a uh, metal clarinet mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So, but it can play any sound, and I like it because it's super expressive, um, and I can do certain things that I can't do on a uh, acoustic instrument, mm-hmm. you know. And so, what I use it for in my productions is just kind of adding some extra little fills uh, throughout a production, and they kind of sit in the background, you know, just to kind of break up the monotony of a loop, you know. So usually, I I'm a loop based producer, so I I start with a loop, a bar. 16 bar or whatever and then you know after i get a full production that's kind of like your chorus verse uh bridge chorus kind of format then i'll go through and just kind of play little things um little ad-libs a little improvisations here and there to kind of break it up break up the monotony and add some interest to it Mm -hmm. so i'll use we for you know some little lead sounds and that sort of thing um just kind of you spice it up a little bit yeah yeah yeah, okay. Yeah, cuz I, I cuz I was just wondering like what would you where would I even hear that at? But yeah, it, it's so much goes into getting that song out. Like people just be like it, it I I don't know, a long time ago, I was humbled by a professional athlete, basketball player. Uh not going to say not going to make it a long story, not going to say the person's name, but it was somebody who wrote the bench. And you know, back in the, I'm, I'm young, a little, a little cocky, ego out of control. I'm talking nonsense to this individual. Like, you sorry, not realizing that this individual is a professional at the time. I'm running my mouth, and um, long story short, he bust me. He bust me up. Like he, we played one on one. I didn't even. I don't even think I scored. Like he locked me down, and uh-huh. it was over. And I say that to say this: like people don't realize. They just hear a song and they're like, oh, that's trash. But they don't they don't think about the work that has been put into that song. You may not like it. It's not trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's you just because production. It takes a lot to get a song out and get people to hear it, you know, to get it to the people's yep. ears. Uh, could you talk a little bit about what goes into production? Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, of course, it starts with an idea, a concept, for me anyway. Um, usually I have a, and, you know, I, I struggle with, uh, because I'm so versed in different genres, um, and I love so many different genres, I'm, I'm just not stuck in one thing. Like, I'm not just a hip-hop producer, I'm not just an R&B producer, I'm not just a, a smooth jazz producer, or whatever, you know, I like them all. So I kind of struggle with uh, uh, <laughs> locking in on, on one thing and, and, and doing that, um, I may come in and, and get diverted. You are like, oh, I heard this cool, you know, lo-fi riff or whatever. I want to try that, you know, on a track or whatever, you know, some technique or, or this, that, and the other. Um, but anyway, so it, it'll, it usually starts out with some type of inspiration. It may be, um, you know, I'm producing for a specific artist and they want a certain sound, mm-hmm. all right? Or in a case where I'm not doing that for a specific person, it may be, oh, I heard the latest such and such a record, 
and thought, you know, something, some instrument was pretty cool. Maybe I'll try something with that, mm. you know, so it kind of riffing off of, 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 of some other type of inspiration or whatever. Um, and so I'll kind of have that in mind. Um, and usually, you know, I don't know, I, I, I've never really been one that had that just had a riff or a melody or something just pop into my head. I kind of have to be at an instrument. Mm. And usually it's when I touch the instrument that I get the inspiration for, you know, some motive, some motif, some chord progression, um, or even some, some rhythmic pattern or what have you. And so Mm -hmm. then that's when I'll start the production. And, and for me, um, because, you know, it can get kind of long in the tooth because I like to doodle around and just, I'll get lost in inspiration Mm -hmm. and then an hour or two later and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be, you know, (laughs) focusing on thing or whatever. So, you know, I have to kind of focus myself. Um, I'll start from templates to kind of keep things in line and, and kind of structure uh, the work that's ahead of me. Uh, and so I'll start with a loop, which usually will be some type of chord progression. And that can be from a piano to electric, uh, electric piano or a pad or some type of loop or even a guitar, you know, and then I'll start from there and then I'll add a drum beat to it. Now, some people are flip flop. They'll start with a drum beat first and then start adding melodic instruments on top um, of that or what have you. Or some people will start, they'll look for a loop out of a loop library and start from that. Um, I would like to think I'm, you know, I don't need to do that, but you can, you do get uh, pulled in a different direction starting from a loop, you know, out of a loop library. So I don't knock it. Uh, I, I'll do it every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it, inspiration comes in various forms or what have you, but it usually starts at the, the keyboard mm. or the guitar and just playing some, some chords. And I try to, I try to push myself to think outside of the box every time I do that so that I'm not, uh, replicating the same thing over and over again or styling in the same way. Um, but you can definitely hear a sound, I guess, in my productions and the way I voice chords, the way I play them. And some of that may be, uh, just me, uh, being an okay pianist or an okay guitarist, <laughs> you know, so I, I that kind of keeps me in my box of, of my abilities, but I try to push myself out of that box, you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, I do try to uh push myself to do different things and uh, unconventional things. So, for instance, uh, instead of playing, um, so yeah. Trying to see how I can explain this without going down a rabbit hole, but instead of playing a chord progression in a traditional way, you know, I'll say, well, what if I play it in the opposite way or invert the chords and that sort of thing? So I'll I'll, I'll be a little cerebral with it mm-hmm. uh, instead, um, uh, natural or just going by what I feel, you know. And in in doing that, you know, then I may feel something totally different, you know, than what. Um, I would have normally if I would have gone with a traditional chord progression. So that's kind of the way I do it. Um, the other thing that kind of keeps me, uh, keeps my mind fresh or keeps inspiration going is just taking a break. So after I've gotten a loop going or what have you, I'll take a, a break from that and jump on something else, you know, and then I'll come back to it because by then I've forgotten what I've done, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so it's freaking out. You know, it's like as if somebody else produced it almost to me anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I'll fresh idea or direction to go with it. And that just that's that's basically how I do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's dope. Because, uh, again, for you to break this down and talk from your perspective of how you actually get, you know, you put it together, I think it's very valuable for people who love music, hopefully that's everyone in the world, um, that they know how it's, how it's getting done, you know. I'm a huge yeah. documentary fan, and I watched Quincy's, Quincy Jones' last one, I think his daughter did, um, and mm-hmm. I, I know so much about Qu- Quincy Jones, Mr. Jones, like growing up, you know, just know so much from my father teaching me and still to see him work, you know, is amazing. Back in the day when he was working, they had the clips where he was putting everything together. We are the world. And I'm just like, wow. After a brain aneurysm, you steal your mind. <laughs> it's still ahead of people who have not even suffered from that. So it, it just uh, people like yourself, artists, fascinate me because you use your mind totally different, and it's it's just a utmost respect for you all because you, you of course you do the typical day to day stuff like we all do just to survive, but then you have time to sit back and get in a space, a creative space, have this creative energy. And just be like, this is this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And it's done. You know, it's <laughs> you know, this was nothing. This was a thought. I made that thought happen. That's a superpower. So uh I commend you, bro. I think yeah, I think you're amazing. Cause I just again, people of you not following TikTok. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, better get on it. Follow me. Yeah. Yeah. You be- on all platforms. Yeah. Yes, you definitely because you will trust me. Uh, you will be more than uh, happy that you actually do. Before I let you go, I want to ask you: um, during twenty twenty, did you did you pick up any healthy habits at your time at home? If you was ever at home, yeah. I, I- I picked up some healthy and some unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with the extra little time that I did have, uh, I, I I started riding my bike. Good. More. You know, so I was able to do that um, in the mornings and on the weekends. And I kind of since got out of it in the past month or so, but definitely need to pick it back up because it's something that I enjoy. Um, and of course it's healthy. Um, it's just for me, you know, with all that I do, uh, outside of music, you know, just on a daily basis, just to keep things going and whatnot. Um, it's a time thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, it's, it's a matter of making a commitment to, to put that time in to, to, you know, get out on that bike or whatever, you know? Uh, I, I, I actually love exercising and I used to work out a lot. I had a uh, YMCA membership and I would go, you know, uh, regularly or what have you. But again, it's, it's like a time thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to get it in where I can. Yeah. 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 Definitely. 
but that was the thing that I, I really picked up in 2020 because because before then I, I wasn't doing it again because of the time thing. So I'm kind of worried uh, since everything's kind of uh, today Louisiana um, uh, lifted their restrictions on certain things, um, and so that means uh, more activities outside of my home are going to be happening that I'm, I'm going to be responsible for. Um, so that's less time, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm kind of worried, you know, so it's going to be a thing where I'm just going to have to commit, uh, to, to, to getting on that bike and, and ride that thing and, oh, you yeah. know, um, try to keep the blood pressure down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, Absolutely. and, and we, I got so caught, caught up and wrapped up in your talent and trying to get in your head to see how you do what you do. I forgot to even ask. When did you start your TikTok yeah. page? When did you start actually posting everything on social media? Mm-hmm. I mean, I started a TikTok uh, in uh, December 29, 2019 is when mm-hmm. I uh, first posted, but it was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to just post something, whatever. And that post is still up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of left it alone because it's like, oh, yeah, this is a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> this isn't going to benefit me or whatever. And then it wasn't until uh, Louisiana lockdown, you know, for COVID. And that was like March 20th because it was like the day before my birthday or whatever. And so I was like, you know what? I got this extra time on my hands now. So, you know, let me let me just create a TikTok. I, I want to do something that's polarizing, something that's, you know, people are going to be like, wow, or whatever. So that's, I think I did the, uh, I think at the time the trend was the, um, I think it's the Wiz Khalifa uh, something new challenge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Baby, get something new. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing that kind of borrowed from I want to be your man. Yeah. And so, you know what? I'm going to mash them up, you know, and I'm going to post it as when old school, when new school meets old school or whatever. And then, and that kind of, that was a kind of a semi-viral type of uh, post for me. Because mm. uh, cause I was doing the talk box. Then mm-hmm. uh, I was doing the trend. Um, and then I mixed it with some old school. So it kind of touched the new school, the old school, and then doing the talk box thing, which wasn't as big. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of TikTok talk boxers, but it wasn't as readily seen. You know, it wasn't as, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the little polarizing kind of the like, oh, wow, what is he doing? He's got that tube in his mouth, you know, yeah. what is he doing? <laughs> type of thing. And then yeah. I was looping it or whatever, whatever I was doing. So that was kind of, you know, cool. And so that kind of was like, oh, okay, I can get people's attention doing this thing. So, you yeah. know, that kind of kicked off my whole TikTok uh, career. And then um, it wasn't until, you know, I worked, you know, it's, it's a kind of a grind. TikTok is a, it's a content grind. You have to yeah. keep at it. You have to be consistent. The algorithm is only... Uh, only works in your favor if you're consistent with it yep. and you're engaging, yep. you know? So, um, it was a grind. Um, and then when I finally got 10,000 subscribers or 10,000 followers, uh, I was able to be in a creative program, which they kind of pay you, uh, based on your viewership and that sort of thing. Um, and then, but still, and that was like six months after I first started, but it wasn't until when was the moment it wasn't until it was like shortly after the Coco thing that mm-hmm. I started getting professional or getting sales leads basically for uh, selling beats and that sort of thing. 
I was like, oh, okay. Now it's making sense. Mm -hmm. This is this is how I use this tool, basically. So yeah. uh, it's making sense. So I started, you know, re restructuring my TikToks to kind of, um, you know, work towards, you know, clients and leads and yeah. production work and that sort of thing. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, that is true. I'm not on TikTok. Uh, uh, one of my uh, friends, he told me I definitely need to be on there. But I know with social media, with Instagram, you have to be consistent uh, to get anything going. If you're not consistent, it get pushed down so far. People say, oh, I didn't see that post. And, it, and it's funny to me because then individuals be like, I know I'm going to see at least one or two posts from you every day. And it's so funny because... Most of it's time. I'm not sitting there posting it, you know, but I do try to engage when I can because I know that's going to yeah. drive it up. Because again, this is a vessel to promote your business or yourself or whatever uh, you're trying to do here. It's not like, you know, well, I don't personally use it just to be on there all day, just, you know, swiping because there's so much else going on outside of my phone. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, uh, it's, it is a grind. A lot of people don't realize that. People who don't create or don't post or don't have a business, they don't know that it's constant. It's a lot of work and it's enjoyable because it's your passion, but it is another job. It's like a part-time job. So I'm glad yeah. that you stated that, you know, because some people just don't realize that. I'm glad you stated that. Entrepreneurs, right. we realize that it's a part-time job. It has to be. Um, people yep. get hired to run people pages. So it, it gotta, it has to be serious if people are hired to run people pages. So, right. um, right. Wow. yeah, it, 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 it's big business, man. We are in a world of the digital age. And if you're not hip, you lost period. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, you can be successful, uh, without, you know, the traditional channels for, for marketing and sales and this, that, and the other. Uh, if you harness the tools and, and, you know, get your grind on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, I, what is next for you? What do you have? What do you have in store for the good people? Um, so yeah, I'm looking to, uh, or actively working with artists. Um, and they range from hip hop artists to, R&B artists to smooth jazz artists um, and just trying to get some good music out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of artists that just need help. They don't understand the business. They don't understand what it means to be an independent artist and, 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 and be a business, be your own business as an independent artist. So I'm kind of educating them along the way. Um, meeting awesome people. You know, mm -hmm. through social media, you um, artists that probably wouldn't have gotten a chance, or maybe they did have a chance, but they didn't necessarily have someone that believed in them. So mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of the focus is like finding those people because it's super talented people, like more talented than I am, um, that I would like to help. You know, in terms of providing music mm -hmm. or you know promoting them and that sort of thing. Um, so that's kind of what my focus is right now. Mm -hmm. um, outside of the family, of course. Yeah. Um, um, and work. Yeah. Work takes a lot for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 
<laughs> yeah, we get that. Uh, um, no, but that, that's that's where I'm at right now. So yeah. I mean, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being able to uh, sustain my business um, and it be the probably primary. I mean, outside of outside of like you know publishing and that sort of thing from previous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like it to, you know, be more self-sustaining or whatever, uh, and be able to let go of some of these things that um, I currently have to do to keep things going. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's just real talk. This yeah. is real talk. Yeah, yeah. But uh, looking good though. So yeah. you know, I'm I'm real excited. You know, I I am. I just turned. I don't even know how old I am. I'm 42, I believe. I just turned 42. So, you know, after you don't care, you forget. You know, it doesn't matter, I guess. Because right now, I'm, you know, the sky's the limit for me right now. Um, um, you know, I'm not at that midlife crisis stage or anything like that. I yeah. see nothing but potential. And there's no ceiling, Yeah. you know, at the point for me. So I'm, I'm like, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, turn it up. Let's go. If the people... Yeah, let's go. If the people want to uh, contact you, book you, buy a beat, whatever, how could they contact you? What's your socials? How could they get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. So all of my socials, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok are pretty much the same. It's tick to the top. I'll spell it out. T-I-C, the number two, D as in dog, A-T-O-C. So T-I-C. The number two, D A T O C, and that's on uh, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Yeah. And again, schoolers, please follow the man. You will, you welcome. That's all I'm gonna say because you will be blessed with <laughs> great music. Um, it's it just it's amazing to see someone who's passionate about something put the work in and put it out in. It touched people all over. So I appreciate you. I give people their flowers. Well, I give people their flowers while they're here. So I'm telling you, I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. You definitely, when I when I pull you up, you brighten my day because I know I'm about to get a banger. So thank you, brother. <laughs> thank you thank very you, man. much, man. I that. And um, I wish you all the best, man. Thank you for coming on today. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. No doubt. What up, Tay Schoolers? If you liked the last episode, please make sure that you comment, share, and like, and let people know what we're doing here at Tay Schooler Fitness um, Fitness Corner Podcast. We're trying our best to make sure that we cover areas for individuals um, in different spaces to let you know how much talent is out there and how much just awesomeness, awesomeness excuse me, is in this world that we live in. So make sure that you uh, share. You can always catch us on all platforms. Say uh, School of Fitness, Fitness Corner Podcast. We are on every one that you can imagine. Uh, we are there. So give us a listen. Uh, tell your friends about us. If you want to buy a beat or just enjoy Mr. Tick to the Top, um, you can always follow him on all his socials. He's a great talent, um, very, very, very um, 
he's a blessing to this world. He, if you really listen to what he's doing and see just how he put it together and the people he's working with, is absolutely amazing. So make sure you check him out. My man, Tick to the Top. Um, things with Tate School of Fitness. Uh, we added another certificate to the mix, another specialty, uh, strength and conditioning. So look forward to that. A lot of new videos and new movements and things are going to be coming out. We're going to be training a little different this year to make sure that people can actually be able to move better because health is about movement. You need to move. You need to take care of yourself and be able to recover in a proper way. Uh, we have boot camps coming up in June as well. We will be hitting up, of course, the Atlanta uh, Georgia. We're going to be doing boot camp there, Columbia, South Carolina, Augusta, Georgia. So make sure that you be on the lookout for that. Um, again, you can check us out on all our social media platforms, which is Taste School of Fitness on Instagram, Taste School of Fitness, uh, Fit School of Podcast on Instagram, and also under Troy Tate on Facebook. So make sure that you be looking out for that. Um, make sure also Wellness Wednesdays will be back. We took a little break. Um, had a lot, a lot of things going on. Uh, changing the way that we're doing this podcast. Actually, we're going to be doing more visuals for you all. So make sure you tune into our YouTube channel, um, Taste School of Fitness. Things will be posted there starting next week. So make sure that you turn on those notifications, man. Uh, yeah, we're trying to really make uh, this movement step. We step in the movement up a little bit more because, again, I want us to take health and seriously physical and mental health. I want to take this very serious you do this thing one time so why not take care of yourself so um join us join us with this movement to make us healthy as a community uh let's get really really serious about what's important um you can't take care of anyone else so you can't take it if you're not taking care of yourself so always keep that in mind and always thanks for all of your support and have a fit day <laughs>